Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome everyone to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is Thursday, April 25th, 2019. And I have to say that a lot has happened this week and it has moved pretty quickly at a good pace for what is to come. May will be where the seeds are planted and some things are being reaped already. Uh, So we're having an early, I would say, summer in respects to that. Today I wanted to talk about things I talked about last week, but apparently um, it's only in the news if someone else says it. (laughs) Uh, So I want to touch base on that. I want to touch base on the Spygate. I've been talking about it. I've told you that they began spying in 2012. I told you that two weeks ago, last week, reinforced it this week, that Spygate is bigger than you think. Didn't start with the hack of the exchange server. That's just the story they're telling you. It didn't start because here's the thing. They can't tell you the full story because it's just so hard to fathom it. And this red pill that everyone talks about is not very easy to swallow. It is filled with truth, painful truth, that we have allowed things as such to perpetuate. No one likes to be, no one likes to have someone point out, hey, you've been duped and you've done nothing about it all this time. So I I think it's time that I kind of, walk it through a little bit more. I have to say that one of my listeners today was in my head, completely in my head. So today's topics, we're going to talk about Spygate, but we're also going to talk about how I've mentioned it many, many times. The FBI, the CIA, the Department of Defense. I don't know if the CIA is going to survive though. The intelligence community, the government in general, is hiring like crazy, which means they're firing like crazy. No one seems to see it. And if you see the promotions in your timeline, they're asking you to apply. They're saying, please, join us. Waivers for military. If you're 40, 45, you could possibly get it. They need good people. You know, the age waivers, not the I can't function waivers. So we're going to talk about that because that is key. Yesterday, the president signed another executive order and that friend of mine, because they are my friend and a listener, was in my head. 
I had it pulled up on my screen and just minutes before I started, they were like, did you see this? And it's like, wow. It's amazing because as citizens, some people are understanding where to look when they want to find out what's going on, especially when there's a lull in the media. All we're getting is repetitive things, right? Repetitive talk, repetitive talking points. Before we get into that, I wanted to play a clip from the former British ambassador who talked about Julian Assange. Reason I say it is because this is a very important point to understand. You'll understand how this Spygate chat, where it's being perpetuated that it started in 2016, is not Spygate in itself. I mean, we've already had issues with Spygate when Mueller was FBI director and Comey was acting attorney general, if you remember, during the Bush era. Spygate on average citizens has been an issue for almost two decades. One of the pioneers within the FBI, David Cuthbertson, was the one that perpetuated it. But why is it important what I told you? How Cohen was approached in 2012, Thanksgiving 2012. How Mueller used his vendors to spy when he was FBI director. Now this whole Spygate thing, this whole DNC exchange hack, this whole we're going to tie it up to Trump and blame the Russians... Falls apart, obviously, based on the hack and what was being discussed. But listen to who, remember, I told you, in the Mueller report, there were things missing. Missing was what? He never interviewed Dana Robacker. He never reached out to Julian Assange. And here's another one. He never reached out to this former British ambassador. Take a listen. In early November 2016, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange told reporters that it wasn't Russia who hacked into the DNC and Clinton staff emails. Assange went on to say he felt sorry for Hillary Clinton. Later, former UK ambassador Craig Murray, who is a close associate of Julian Assange, said that he has met the DNC leaker and that he was not a Russian. I know who leaked them, Murray said. I've met the person who leaked them, and they are certainly not Russian. It's an insider. It's a leak, not a hack. The two things are different. Murray claims that he flew to Washington, D.C. for a clandestine handoff with one of the email sources before the election. Neither of the leaks came from the Russians, said Murray. The source had legal access to the information, and the documents came from inside leaks, not hacks. Murray said that he retrieved the package from a source during a clandestine meeting in a wooded area near American University in northwest Washington, D.C. He said he met with the individual that was not the original person who obtained the information, but actually an intermediary. Murray said that the leakers were motivated by disgust at the corruption of the Clinton Foundation and the tilting of the primary election against the field of Bernie Sanders. One American News has not been able to independently verify Murray's account and has reached out to the former ambassador. But Murray was not even interviewed by the Mueller-Weissman team as part of the sprawling two-year investigation into Trump and so-called Russian interference in the 2016 election. 
Murray's account contradicts directly the version of how thousands of Democrat emails were published before the election and that was also being advanced by U.S. intelligence and was reflected by the Mueller report. For One American News, I'm Jack Posobiec. All right. So exactly what I've been saying. He filed an indictment. Well, he he indicted 14 Russians claiming that they hacked the DNC exchange. And this is how the emails made their way to WikiLeaks. We know this is false. So we have a special counsel that spent close to $35 million for something that was started on false pretenses, manufactured information, and from what we see in volume two, it's actually circular reporting. They leaked information to the media. The media reported it. Mueller then took that to face value as actual facts. So volume one had factual evidence, meaning we investigated. Don't forget, they also got information like IRS returns and all this stuff that they put together, but was factual illegally in some, in some instances. Remember, we had IRS agents arrested for providing information to Mueller that was never done appropriately. He had no right to have that, yet another person searched for it and gave it to him on the side. So volume one is all factual. So based on the facts, no Russia collusion, no obstruction. On volume two, all we have is circular reporting. Schiff is flapping his mouth to CNN. CNN reports it. Mueller says it's fact. Comey flaps his mouth to the New York Times, to CNN, to the Washington Post. They report it. Boom. Mueller takes it as fact. The media is not factual. The mainstream media doesn't give you facts. They give you stories. Facts are unbiased. Facts are black and white. Facts cannot be viewed from a perspective. They either are or aren't. That's what facts are. So, like I said, I am unable to substantiate, and I said this two weeks ago, because I'm still looking... For the documentation to my statement that President Trump, or shall I say citizen Donald J. Trump, his family, his associates, his co-workers, his campaigners, those that were convincing him to run, every single person that was not a public servant, that was surrounding themselves, speaking with indirectly or directly with the now president of the United States were being surveilled. This began in 2012. That's four years before the elections. Shy a couple weeks. It started. And like I've told you, this spying didn't happen with FISA warrants. I've already told you how Judge Collier called them out. And you know, I feel... So last night, I got an email from a listener who's stationed somewhere else in the world or positioned or lives in an American citizen that lives outside of the United States. And they said, wow, 
you've been saying this. You've been telling us for over a year through your writings and now on the radio that Spygate is not just the FISA warrants. That's so myopic. And it's funny how those that analyze your statements, those that retweet and justify your, you know, posts, do it without knowing. It seems that only drops verify what I say and, and what others say. It's, it's sad because that indicates that the whole purpose of having unbiased, real, factual news coming out through your airways, through your social media, always have to be titled somehow. This indicates that even those that are woke that say that they believe in freedom, that they understand what's going on, that they can have an objective point of view, cannot. If it is not coming from someone you know, it's not enough. So they sent me an email with um, with a video and... DeGenova said exactly what I said. This happened beforehand. I've told you who the judge is. I've told you how Admiral Rogers sat with Judge Collier, Rosemary Collier. She spanked them in September of 2016. This is before the FISA warrant was actually issued. But no one's listening. Everyone has this myopic view. If you just stop, take the blinders off and look at everything, even the mainstream media tells you hints of truth that you can pull here, there, there to put the puzzle together. This is what the problem is today is that we still have myopic views. If it's not coming from someone you follow online, if it's not coming from the president directly, if it's not coming from Q or anyone else, it's not real. What you need to do is listen to other people. I follow people that have 100 followers, yet their content is incredible. I follow them because they have something to say. I follow them because they look at everything and they are actively seeking the truth. They are actively seeking to to harness the power that the president has given back to them. So... I noticed that unless it's a a source that you claim to be verified, you don't entertain the ideas. You must understand that the people that got behind President Trump 20 years ago, 30 years ago, actually, um, mm, mm, yeah, 30 years ago, Ranged from ages between 16 and 40, some of them on the last leg of their life too, to determine what the best course of action is, to determine how we can rectify something that is so corrupt, so broken. For example... I remember when I was in school, um, the first cardiothoracic surgery I uh, went into 
and observed and all I did was suction and my mouth was pretty much hanging open. Thank goodness for <laughs> that it collected the drool because I was just in awe was actually uh, the, the worst surgery for that surgeon. And I remember that when he went in, he was going in to repair um, an aneurysm. And so as you can see the heart pumping, he was trying to stitch, but the tissue was falling apart. It was literally ripping. It was so weakened because it was so sick that the heart couldn't handle it. Uh, by the time you decide to do bypass or whatever, you know, the patient is already, they, they already bled out. The thing is the heart, which pumps the blood to keep it going was in such bad condition and you couldn't even see it. You actually had to, you know, there were a, a lot of factors, but you could literally see him going into stitch. And as I was packing around the cavity, I could see that the stitch was like coming through. It's kind of like there was no give. It was, it was paper thin. That is the way our country is right now. It is as if we have the stitch going in and it's coming right through because the heart, the muscle of the heart, the actual pumping is, is rep, are the people. The blood, right, is our uh, our uh, contributions, uh, what we stand for. It's bleeding all out. And right now the president has put us on bypass. So that way he can rectify that section of the, you know, artery that meets the heart. Maybe, you know, replace it completely because it's so thin that every time he tries to put a stitch in it rips and it falls apart because it's so badly put together so sparsely put together the problem that we have is that we have been trained to be myopic those that are all about the movement are still myopic they still can't see Broadly, they can only see narrowly and in depth. What you have to do is have a broad and depth perception, depth where you need to have it. It's important for us to understand this. And like I said, we have short memories and we don't seem to be paying attention to the things we need to. Because we do follow specific talking points. And if some of those talking points um, that are issued dive, I would say, are deviant to the mainstream, people respond to that. And if some of those people that are putting out that information stay silent and then they come out with it, because they've, they've tested the waters, they've attempted to guide your eyes to other places, not just there, to show you that it's not just here where you can get information, it's everywhere, but people are so focused on just one area to get information from. I hope that you're understanding the underlying notions that I'm putting through here 
in, an, in, in a hopefully incognito way. Now, shifting gears, let's talk about the executive order yesterday because that uh, leads us into five eyes. That leads us into the big purge that we're having within our government in regards to employees on all levels. So President Trump signed an executive order yesterday. It's called Executive Order on Transferring Responsibility for Background Investigations to the Department of Defense. If you remember over a week ago, I talked about the executive order where now people that apply for railroads, ports of entry, anything they have to do on the border has to go through the secretary of state for approval. It doesn't go through the local governments anymore. This is where better eyes go through because this is about national security and defense. These people are conducting businesses on the border. Um, I have mentioned to you before how Beto, um, his wife's family, owns 22,000 acres of land on the border, both U.S. side and Mexican side. And they have railways that they've applied to have where they funnel in and transport through products. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that they're uh, bringing in illegal products. This could be proper trade like avocados or whatever. But there is no regulation. They have outsourced border patrol agents, you know, from vendors that provide them kind of like me. I work for the federal government indirectly most of the time through vendors that have contracts with the government. Makes it a lot easier too. You know, <laughs> but that is how they work. They have border patrol agents that are from vendors that are approved uh, by, um, you know, the border patrol agency to function. So it's just some guy that got hired as a 1099 or an employee of a company that's a, you know, outsourcing those jobs. So this is why every application has to go through the secretary of state, but now we've beefed it up. Anyone that works for the federal government in any capacity, we're talking military, DOD, Department, State Department, Department of Energy, you name it, now has to undergo a background investigation from the Department of Defense. Now, this is something new, and it's going to start as of uh, this year in June of 2019, uh, that this power shall be transferred. So people that are going to be hired within the military will not be undergoing the typical FBI background check. Uh, the FBI is not going to be fully responsible. People that are coming into the DOD and working for our country in the capacity of national security and defense will be probed beyond recognition. But it does have its benefits, okay? So Let's pretend that you want to become an FBI agent, but you suck at finances. You suck so bad, your credit is like zero, right? You suck so bad that, you know, you just let your credit go and it's horrible, but you know, you're just operating with cash. You really don't care. You've kind of uh, remedied whatever it is. And you're like, well, you know, poke that. No one's getting their money back. I filed for bankruptcy. I'm done. 
you know, if you were to go now to work for the FBI, they tell you, sorry, your credit sucks. You can't. But now with the sec with the with the Secretary of Defense, you know, the DOD basically um, conducting this background report, they'll see. Okay, hold on a second. So Joe here totally ruined his credit, decided I'm not going to pay you and you can't make me. I'll just wait out the seven years after my bankruptcy and restart because I was careless. I had a bad relationship. I just didn't care. I was depressed, whatever. They will look into it like that and say, you know, even though Joe five years ago, three years ago, two years was in a bad place. This guy's a genius on coding. We're going to hire him anyway, because they're going to know every facet of your life. The Department of Defense has more access than any other agency to put a whole picture uh, from your social media profiles to your interactions, to your emails, to your banking, everything. So I just wanted to say this is a good thing because it's no longer just the people X, Y, Z. It's getting good people. I I can't explain any other way. But this executive order isn't just about who they're going to be hiring. It's actually looking at who's already hired. (laughs) So those that are in high positions, I think we need to go back to um, the ambassador of the United, the United States ambassador for Russia. Remember his two young ladies that work for the government. One works for the state department that's paid 87% more than anyone else in that position. You know, stuff like that is going to be examined So after the break, I'll go through that step by step so you understand what this executive order really means, not from just the point of hiring new people, but also from the point of weeding out those that were pretty much ushered in nepotism-ish style. See you soon. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. 
It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Says Show. Um, thanks for tuning in. Okay, so we're back to this executive order, right? Let's just dive in. So like I said, this is going to be more analyzed into looking at people. Um, people as persons, not by guidelines, because these guidelines are suitable uh, for people of their own, if that makes sense. Uh, kind of like saying, well, you're second generation. Oh, you're third generation, whatever. You went to this school that gives you brownie points. We can dismiss this for you. This one takes a whole picture. But here's the key point. The Secretary of Defense has something called Defense Security Service. Uh, they uh, look to see if there are any aspects of um, defense, or, uh, I would say, any threats to national security by people that work within the government. The first thing the executive order does is that it changes the name of that from Defense Security Service, DSS, as you know it, uh, to the Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency. Uh, now in short form would be DSC, DCSA. So basically what this executive order is doing is mandating that this division actually provide a report every 180 days. Every six months, they will be getting a report. Um, the White House will be getting a report on who's been fired, who's been hired, who's a threat, what do we do? And the majority, I would guess, on the re reviews will be to those that are higher up there, what you would call an... Uh, um, an executive senior officer in ESO, right? Because we have a lot of ESOs. A lot of people that don't qualify for ESO status are suddenly given it. Um, and they're also given compartmentalized uh, type, which, which means that it's like specific clearances. And clearances are important, okay? You have to be vetted that the information that you're being provided will not cross over to something else you do usually, right? We don't want it to cross over because you're only human and it can slip. 
uh, but also your ability in other um, areas to maintain that integrity of the information. Uh, This is why we have compartmentalized. So a need to know, I guess, and then it gives you, if you have a need to know, then it gives you that portion of higher clearance for a specific project you're working on, if that makes sense. So, um, so clearances are very important. Uh, they're important into understanding more intricate in nature topics. I'm for the fact that there shouldn't be much secrecy. There should be you know, pure transparency within the government, because the more secrets we have, the more covert the government works. That's number one, though. There are some aspects of security, kind of like the spying for four years before the elections that we talked about, um, that people can't handle. Okay. People can't handle the fact, like you can tell them, everyone laughs about it. Hey, you know, the NSA is listening to your phone call right now. Well, the NSA can turn on your camera while you're sitting in the toilet and you wouldn't even know. And they're looking at your face while you're going number two. You know, you laugh at it thinking about it, but just imagine how big of a violation of privacy that is. It's huge, right? It's, it is huge. And once you understand just how huge this violation of privacy is, you have two options. One, you accept it and bury the fact somewhere in the past. It's kind of like repressed trauma, kind of like that's basically what it is when you repress it um, or you embrace it and denounce it, even though you have to go through it. Um So those are the two options when people are faced with something that's so huge. It's kind of like me telling you that, hey, there is an alien civilization that lives on Mars and, you know, they're protecting us from another alien civilization that wants to kill us. And so I tell you this, you know, they come down, they probe you while you sleep, you don't know, and you know, there's like this intergalactic war and you have no idea. Now I tell you this, you're going to be like, you're nuts, right? I'm just giving a very far out there example. You're going to say, that's nuts. I can't accept it. But imagine if you actually woke up under one of these trances where you're being, uh, used as a Guinea pig, uh, they're, you know, taking samples, you're awake and you see it. After that point, your reality is completely shattered. If you see the aliens, you're done for, right? You're just like, I can't handle this. It, it destroys every every idea I have. My reality is now shattered. I'm giving this extreme example. So you understand what I'm telling you. So all of these, that's the extreme example that would shatter your reality. You'd be like, well, what's God? What's this? So you have two options. One, you repress it and go on like nothing's wrong. Kind of like a Stepford wife, you know, everything's fine. Everything's fine. There's a fire and it's like nothing to see here. Or you embrace it and say, I want to fight this. They shouldn't be able to come down here. We need to fight them. They shouldn't be able to be doing this. We need to have a bigger voice. We need to stand up to it. So there's two options. You do the step forward wive where nothing's going on. Or you accept it. Say, all right, this is happening. I don't like it. I'm fighting it though. In whatever way, either by protesting, by writing letters to your government saying, you know, you need to tell the aliens they can't come, you know, whatever. And that's extreme. 
Because now let's take it to the normal level, right? Let's take it to the reality level here. The reality level here is that you're faced with someone is violating my privacy every single second of the day. It makes me very uncomfortable that I don't have my innate right from birth to be free and, you know, singular and not probed, not followed, not watched, not listened to. It upsets me. So you either do the Stepford wife thing and, oh, yeah, it's so funny. They just totally listen to everything. And, And you know what? They also look at me. That's totally fine. Nothing to see here. Or you embrace it and say, um, okay, I don't like this. We need to fix this. Get it? I'm trying to give you extreme examples here. Okay. Why am I trying to have you understand this? Because what is to come in the next six months is massive. You will have some really hard pills to swallow. And this um, DCSA that has been formulated, even though you won't see much, even though we're already seeing it happen, okay? We're already seeing the promoted advertisements on social media, emails, Twitter, Instagram, hiring within our government, right? We understand that there's a purge. If there is such a huge purge, guys, imagine what has been going on behind the scenes without you. Whatever you can imagine probably happened. The WikiLeaks emails gave us a a check into what we're able to fathom happens, you know, from emails saying that they have children in the pool for entertainment from Hillary Clinton saying she's going to slaughter a chicken for Moloch. You know, these are nuts, right? It's out there. You're just like, what? Uh, This is really hard to swallow. Uh, Tinfoil hat. But think about it. This is why you're not being told everything because it is a hard pill to swallow and you only have two options. The one is to embrace it and step forward, step forward, wife it, right? Embrace it. I have nothing to hide. There's nothing to see here. It's totally okay that everyone's listening to everything I say and everyone's watching everything I'm doing. That's one. The other one is that you revolt and the degree of, of the revolution you have can be local and personal to you or seeking out to elect people that will uh, address the concerns you have as a citizen. So President Trump had these concerns. He's had these concerns for a very, very long time. And not only the concerns of the free people, but he's had the concerns that the more rights they have been taking away from us over 40 years, the more aggressive they've been in suppressing us and causing us harm too. So not only have they taken away our rights, but they have found a way to create an establishment fourth branch of the government that suppresses our rights too. And he's trying to fix that. Like I said, this guy looks like if you could picture Trump as a cartoon, like how I would picture it, he'd be sitting behind a desk, insanely busy with like 20 arms, fingers in every pie, phones, letters, because he is attacking it on all fronts everywhere. So he's taking it down from the fourth branch of the unelected government to be filtered out and to be at least to have the bottom line that we will have 
only Americans that support the United States of America working for us. We will not have establishment people. We will look and see how it fulfills our needs for counterintelligence. And this counterintelligence, what is it? Against other countries, against enemies, against aliens, nobody knows. It's just against anything that would destroy our nation in general. Okay? So this executive order piggybacking on the executive order piggybacking it's kind of like the next step of the one where he issued that no longer can someone create ports of entry or businesses that import and export you know that they're locations of port without oversight from the secretary of state now the employees of such ports like the border patrol ice state department Trainers, people that train the FBI, people that train our intelligence community, people that join the military, people that are analysts, people that are uh, advisors, people that are contractors. They will all have to go through these checks. These checks that will see them as individuals, not typical, you know, you know, line by line checkpoints, height, weight, you know, it's going to be. Let's look at the whole picture, which is more tedious, but they're very efficient because the Department of Defense does this when we source out foreign interpreters, right? When you're in another country and you need an interpreter, you have to be able to, within sometimes less than 24 hours, decide if you can trust them uh, to interpret. Now, there's a lot of stuff that goes into their background checks. Uh, you would say the local background checks or whatever, but more so it's the human aspect. It's people that know how to con- collect human intelligence. It's people that from a picture can tell you a lot about the person. It's this quality that few people within our government have to assess the individual as a whole, not as parts. So the president with this executive order is bringing it back home to say anyone that works for our government on a federal level has to have the interests of the United States of America first, but the people of the United States of America. So for me, this is a big deal. It is a big deal that this hasn't been done. Also, transferring employees, you know, is included in this. How you're going to be appropriating funds with, um, you know, the budgets, the personnel department, the expansions, the transfers, the crossover, the cross-training. This is a very intricate bill on that sense because he's giving more duties to the Department of Defense because now he sees that positions within our federal government fall under national security. That is huge. That means that the person, if you're working at... um at a port authority, right? And you're like a TSA agent. You're being scoped by the Department of Defense because your position is considered that of national security. And you could be at risk. You could be a risk to us for counterintelligence. This is huge. Understand that, that any federal position, either that be at the Department of Education, Department of Energy, Department of Treasury, Department of um, the Interior, health department, whatever, Medicare, Medicaid, you are now considered to be of importance to national security. That tells us two things. One, that 
corruption has spread to every single facet of the federal government. And two, there is a severe overhaul and um, that should concern every single person because this is telling on the fact that people that work within the Department of Health and Human Services are now considered, in essence, a portion of national security. This tells you just how infected with corruption our federal operations are. Infected. So National Background Investigation Bureaus uh, is gone, the NBIB. Now it's the Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency that will be conducting these checks. And those that have not done those checks will now um, be reevaluated. And I, and I believe it's also going to start from, you know, your um, senior executive officers. So SEOs are going to be first, uh, and that would span out to the FBI, uh, the intelligence community, uh, White House, I guess, um, State Department, Department of Energy, Department of Transport, Department of Health and Human Services. But like I said, the example would be that of Taft, who was the ambassador for the United States in Moscow, who was fired in 2017, along with a Russian national that was arrested and removed from the U.S. embassy there uh, that was providing information to Nellie Orr. He was actually very salty, wrote a really nasty op-ed in the Moscow Times because he was fired. But the thing is, his two daughters have positions uh, and working for the federal government. One of them, she is on a pay scale that is 87. She gets 87 percent more money than anyone else at her um, time in rate, I would say. Um, And his other daughter, same thing. So this is where we're fixing the swamp. It's the nepotism kind of like how Comey's daughter is now state's attorney a U.S. attorney she's a U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York that is also investigating and she's on the team investigating the Trump organization under the watch of that crazy attorney general in New York so this is how they all network they plant their own successors they top the next person and they have grooming capabilities yesterday i was talking with a friend on the phone and i was like you know most of these old guard people have one foot in their in the grave right they're on their last quarter of life and I can't fathom how the Democrats, for example, the people that are left to hold the torch are Ocasio, insane Ocasio-Cortez, Jihadi Ilhan Omar and um, Rashida, Corey Spartacus Booker, right? Kamala Lying Harris. Those are the people that are carrying the torch. This is what they have to look forward to. These are the people that are going to continue. This is the face of the Democratic Party. The old ones are just senile and insane, like Nadler, Waters, Pelosi. They're all insane. Like, look at their faces. They look crazy. 
They're just like at that dementia portion. They're at that point where lots of people their age are in nursing homes and dribbling on themselves. And yet these people are standing in office, yapping away, making absolutely no sense. And it's okay, Uh, which is insane. So I want you guys to understand that the president from this portion has now taken it uh, to the next level of ensuring domestic tranquility by way of purging. And I said it before, but now it is evident. They have fired so many people, so many people, that they are looking to see how they're going to hire new ones and how to avoid getting the same type of people that they have been, you know, through suggestions, recommendations. You know how you recommend a friend to join, kind of like that. So our president has tackled that. He's done great. Why? Why is this important? Because Spygate. See, Spygate... This, this essence of violation of privacy, this essence of controlling everything is not something new. It's been going on for a very long time. I've said to you, the key name here is David Cuthbertson. He was the one in the early 2000s putting out RFPs to private companies that do not have clearances to collect biometric information, facial recognition data, and other private identifying information through um, contracts with the federal government. That they would share the information that they receive on you to them for their database and to grow it. This has happened from the late 90s. I was actually one of the first people to get the new um, military ID cards with the chip. So, you know, those chip, you know, that they have, like um, how you put in, like, uh, your debit card has, like, a pin, right? It was called the Mark card. I was one of the first people, the first groups, to get that identification with the chip, And this is 1997 when it came out to a few select groups of persons. I can say that. So just so you understand when we had this technology and when the people had this technology, when did your card start having chips? Was it five years ago? that they started to introduce it. This is what I'm saying, that this is long standing. So four decades of thinking and how to address and how to fix and mitigate and how, you know, we can't, it's kind of like the heart. We can't rip out the whole heart now that it's been built around these kind of actions. Okay. It can't, but what you can do is repair the parts that are not making it work correctly. And so the collection of information, the advancements in technology we have, right? All of those things need to be overseen correctly. And under the cloak and dagger and the statements of its national security, we don't get to see anything. Spygate, how they spied on citizen Donald J. Trump, how they spied on citizens Donald 
Jay Trump Jr., Eric Trump, Ivanka Trump, Trump Tower, Trump Organization, Manafort, Flynn, you name it. Well, Flynn was retired at the time, so okay. He retired in kind of later, but he was retired. Let's put it that way. So all these things come around and they've been spied upon because of national security. This is the invocation they do. Now, how do they spy, right? How do they spy? I explained to you a couple of days ago what a memorandum of understanding is. It's an agreement because we talked about it because Maxine Waters and Nadler and Elijah Cummings and all these clowns have secret MOUs between themselves organizing against President Trump. So what we need to understand is memorandums of understandings are letters of intent, they're agreements, but they're not super legally bound, but they kind of are. So it's kind of exchanging services for information. And memorandums of understanding are what we have in place with um, our allies. So the closest knit allies are our five eyes, then there's the nine eyes, and then there's the 15 eyes. Used to be 14, it's actually 15. And so it's a small circle, tight circle, bigger circle, still tight. It's kind of like a group of people going to a game. And then it's like the really big group. So it's like, uh, hey, we all hang out and have a, and party together like a fraternity. So the, all of these organizations, all these allies have companies within themselves that they have memorandums of understandings with. And those memorandums, in effect, are accessed by the countries that have memorandums of understandings between themselves. I had told you months ago, and I've, I've circled back to it, how John Brennan, when he took his hiatus from the government, actually deployed a company overseas in Luxembourg where they collect security information and conduct checks and monitor things. How did they do this? With memorandums of understandings and agreements with telecommunications companies, with um, electronics companies, with software companies, with um, uh, you know uh, development companies, with biometric companies, you name it, they have agreements with that they supposedly maintain privacy. You know how they say this call is going to be recorded for quality and training purposes or you know we won't share your information unless otherwise stipulated by federal law. What are these federal laws? They're the memorandums of understanding. Private companies are bound to them. So after this break, I will tell you these people that had no clearance, these companies, these vendors, these contractors with the government that had no clearance that assisted since 2012 to monitor American citizens. And specifically that of then-citizen Donald J. Trump. I'll see you all in a few. Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C. 
But close enough now to see this mess Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, remember, you can always follow me on Twitter uh, and Gab at Tori underscore says. And I'm always here Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 Eastern time. So I thought I would uh, play a little video after the next break um, where... Someone will tell you exactly what I've told you. So I'm going to repeat it and I'm going to be a little bit more transparent now that it's more mainstream, one would say. So like I said, on the 12th of November 2012, President Trump had filed uh, the trademark, I would say, uh, to, to, to um, make America great again. And at that time, following that, his lawyer at the time, Cohen, changed the fund's name to convince Donald Trump to run for president. It was shortly after that that the FBI, the then FBI director, Robert Mueller, put his eyes on Cohen. And... A lot of people don't know this, but there were discussions that ensued. A memorandum of understanding, like I've said before, is a contract, kind of contract, a letter of intent, one would say, where I scratch your back, you scratch mine, and we maintain privacy about that. Well, the U.S. government has a memorandum of understandings with a lot of private vendors, contractors, you would say outsourced, right? Kind of like how Fusion GPS is a, a vendor contractor with them, right? But the ones that you need to, I would say, think about are the ones that monitor or... uh have to do with communications. In 2012, under memorandums of understanding, there was a lot of information that was collected under Section 702. Section 702 uh, is the um, portion of the law that allows the government to collect all upstream data, upstream meaning within the United States going out or just going on within the United States. Let's put it that way. 
This allowed the National Security Agency, the NSA, is it really an agency, to hold on to information for 72 hours. So today I send my friend Mike a text. That text is held for 72 hours and the clock starts the minute I send it. Now, the reason they hold it for 72 hours is because if they decide that you are a threat uh, to national security or colluding with any foreign entity, that they can then go to a FISA court and obtain a warrant and, uh, you know, not because of what you sent. Say I send my friend Mike a text that says, I am going to have coffee in an hour. That's not really a problem. But let's say something I've done or said uh, alerts the intelligence community that I am working with Vladimir Putin. At that point, they put in a warrant. The warrant will allow them to take all communications in the past 72 hours that are still being held by the NSA before they are purged. Every 72 hours, they purge the information that's 72 hours old. So when it's 69 hours and 59 minutes, they can get that text. If the warrant comes out and it's 72 hours since I sent that text and one minute, they can't have it according to law. Every 72 hours, they purge the information. Okay. I'm, I'm walking it through as slow as possible. So when you go to the FISA court, uh, you know, you apply for a warrant, you say, hey, you know, Tory, you know, has the hots for Vladimir Putin and they went out, you know, he invited her uh, to go get drinks. So we need to monitor. At that point, the FISA court decides if they issue the warrant and they can start monitoring me. Now, here's what I've been talking about. So these memorandums of understanding allow the government to take your data, okay, to take your data from Verizon, your data from AT&T, your data from your, you know, Comcast, from Alexa, Google Home, everything, radio, internet searches, the whole nine yards, emails, whatever. And they have these memorandums of understanding in place so they can take this data and purge it from the NSA's database every 72 hours. The email I sent today in 72 hours will be purged. Well, it was in 2012 where the intelligence community, or shall I say counterintelligence division, uh, decided to not purge information they collected on certain individuals after 72 hours. They intercepted those communications and collected them. Uh, They were stored. So I've brought to your attention many, 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 many times how Rosemary Collier had scolded and spanked Clapper, Brennan, Comey, Lynch... The president, vice president included, right, because he's the right-hand man, their besties, the whole Obama administration, on how data has been hoarded for specific individuals. Now, this 
was brought to many people's attention that may or may not have worked within the organization that goes by the name of National Security Agency. And those people that noticed that there was no active FISA warrant, but there was a withholding through a specialized algorithm that was put in place in 2012, you know, told a few people. told people in a skiff, told people in private, told people over coffee or biscuits or, you know, ribs in Tennessee. And alerted the right people and said, I can be in a lot of trouble for saying this, so this is happening. I've tried to fix it, but it's not working. The algorithm supersedes human intervention to fix it. So that person got talking to another person and another until it got to the right ears. And so, like I said earlier in my first hour, it's kind of sad that we all give merit to titles. It is sad because I was taught... And, and I think this is one of the best things that I was ever taught by my late father is that you start everyone at a hundred percent. So if some guy that I just met while taking my dog out for a walk starts talking to me about policies, I will not have him at a lower level of appreciation or I will not be less receptive to him than I am, I don't know, to like... Jim Jordan, because I take everyone at a hundred percent and it's their job to keep it there. So unfortunately we all know that you have to wear a tiara, a tiara or a sash or be recognized as a somebody for people to listen to you. So all these people from one person that went to another person because, I don't know, that person had uh, good connections with assets, good connections with handlers, whatever it is. And it finally got to the right ears. The right ears because they work together or something. The right ears to say, hey, why are they spying on the general now that he's retired why is his information being monitored? Why is the Trump organization, all upstream data, including private citizens that live in the building, is being held and captured and analyzed? It shouldn't be held and captured, yet this algorithm is there. What do we do? So one person decides to contact someone, kind of like how the former British ambassador said, met over coffee. And they exchanged this information to someone that had the ability to say it to someone that was in charge of the oversight of the law that encapsulates Section 702. And this well-esteemed, because you have to have a title, it's not like I can walk into Rosemary Collier's office and tell her what's going on. She's going to be like, who are you? Right? What? We see that all the time. We see it on Twitter. People 
taking information and sharing information that could be yours, but because it's not with your name on it and they don't acknowledge you, it's with your tiara name, they analyze and share it, right? So Judge Collier would have turned around and said, Tori, who are you again? Um, yes, I'm just Tori. Yeah, okay, bye. No appointment time for you. So the right person, unfortunately, because in this day and age, we give a lot of weight to titles or names or brands, has a discussion and raises these questions. But see, those questions had already fallen on her desk from people like Tori, like me. I'm just saying. I'm not admitting or denying that it was me. I'm just saying you, me, your neighbor had all sent letters, anonymous letters, so they wouldn't be in trouble. Hey, they're collecting data. So this is where in 2014 it began that there was some form of awareness, but no established awareness because no one with a tiara or a crown stated it, right? Because it's kind of like people say, I believe, I I know we have fake news and I follow so-and-so because they're real news. But what tells you that XYZ is real news and the other one's fake news? You only retweet or talk about something if someone with a tiara or sash says it, right? So we got our crowned person, our decorated, starry, bright person to speak to the judge who had already put eyes on information that was received from people that didn't have a title. You know, it's very frustrating. It's kind of like in your job, you complain to your coworkers, man, this, 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 you tell the manager, but the manager doesn't really do anything because the manager's so low on the manager scale that the other managers won't listen to them. And by the time it gets to the person it needs to be, a lot of time has transpired. So during that time being transpired, the people that had complained anonymously, the people that had met for ribs in Tennessee years ago, the people that had, you know, sat down over coffee and and biscuits and, you know, delicious croissants, decided that they needed to take it up to the next level because there were so many of them talking about it. And so Judge Collier did her job. She has a memorandum of opinion out there that I've put out in 2018. I put it out in 2017. I've brought to your attention how in 2016 in September, they were badly scolded. But nevertheless, regardless if this judge was strict... Regardless if this judge pointed out to them that they have been collecting information on private citizens and spying on them because they were private citizens at the time, she still authorized the initial FISA warrant. They lied to her to get the FISA warrant. Those were two separate things. See, the media doesn't point out the differences. When Judge Collier, when she sat down and had her discussion with Brennan, Clapper, Lynch, Comey, all of them in her court, she told them that what they were doing needs to be fixed. 
It is the bottom. You know, she had been researching it all this time. See, I don't buy it. Okay. Because even though she did her job to cover her butt on the bench, she wasn't proactive enough. So they came back telling her, unfortunately, it's a technical issue. This is why we're holding on to this information. It's not because we want to. There's a glitch, an algorithm problem. She said, you need to fix this. You got three months. So they reconvene in December. And in December, they say, oh, we're really trying. I think it's a human error thing. We're so trying to stop spying on these specific group of persons, but we just can't. It's so technical and whatever. You've got another three months, she says. So now we're in 2017. And in March, in, 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 in March, they get together uh, or beginning of end of March, beginning of April, you know, kind of like a couple months. It was like a month before the FISA warrant renewals, because don't forget this glitch that they've had has been providing them information or leads to build up and continue their FISA warrant renewals. This is just how insane it is. And so the judge put out a memorandum of opinion in April of 2017 saying how preposterous it is because they came back to her again for the second time asking for an extension saying we've identified the algorithm, but I think we had a problem with human error. We'll have it rectified immediately. So now President Trump is in office and they suddenly decide that they found the error and they fixed it. And it was due to human error, hence the delay. If you believe that, you believe anything. Now, this is walking you step by step by step. Because when you lay it out too much, or if you say it too early... Or if you say, well, I told you this two years ago and the past always proves the future. People look at you all strange. Like, where are you getting this information? How can you verify it? Look at it. I've posted it. I've given you the 94 page memorandum of opinion that is lightly redacted so you can figure it out. She even raised the question of crowd strike in there that had nothing to do with what they were talking about, but had to do with their FISA warrant application. So I've said this and said, but remember it's titles, right? The problem was never in 2016. It was never just to cover up their crimes. You know, the mid-year exam was a huge cover-up of crimes. That operation was to cover up Clinton crimes. The DNC hack, as they say, was an insider, was an American citizen, was someone that had access to the information and downloaded it on a thumb drive. This all happened from within, just like from within, It was determined that there was a violation of law. It was determined that the upstream law of the 72-hour purge was not being honored. This was Spygate. It wasn't the manufacturing of the DNC hack and blaming Russians. It was everything because it is criminal to violate the law. 
and they violated the law. They made excuses as to, oh, we got caught. Because you know what? Judge Collier would have never checked it out from getting anonymous communications from people like you and I. We had to go from person to person to person to find one person that had access to people with stars to speak to her. Because we're peasants. And this is where we can see that Lady Justice is not blind as it should. This is where you can see that even she violated her oath when there was credible information of this going on from years before. The first notion of this came in 2013. The evidence produced was in 2014. Yet we had to wait as American citizens to get the right people to rear their, mm, to put themselves at risk to communicate with the right people to get it done. Without ruffling too many feathers, do you know how difficult that is? It's very difficult. So this is what Spygate is. And like I've said, she did herself no justice to cover her butt with her, you know, memorandum of opinion saying how appalled she was because it was nothing. It was garbage. It's worthless because bottom line is she could have said no to the FISA warrant based on the fact that they were already violating Section 702. She could have done it, but she didn't. And this is important for us to understand that it's not just within our federal government and our judicial system where citizens are not taken to face value it's between ourselves too we give too much credit to titles you know a lot of people say well QAnon you know isn't a title it is in essence because everyone's created and manufactured the idea of who is behind QAnon because if QAnon was just me or you People wouldn't be analyzing and sharing the information. They have to have the need to put a title or a big name. Yeah, it could be the president and a bunch of people like you and I working with him to put it out there and put the information out there anonymously because you're walking a fine line. But the bottom line is myopic vision is a problem for everyone. And this is the only reason that they've gotten away with everything they have. The one person that actually went, that had merit to at least get it more established on the radar was a sacrificial lamb for us. Nobody applauds the person that brings the truth. Nobody says, great job. Nobody. It's all about what are they going to do with their career? How are we going to fix this? This has to be hush-hush. We have to honor the fact that they served the country this long. They've been a judge for this long. This would be horrible. No, because it was a, if, if it was any other job or any other citizen without the titles and the robes 
and the advancements and the political connections, they would be fired on their butt and chucked out without a second glance. Yet because they had served at one point honorably on the bench, or they have served the country in law enforcement, or the military, or, 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 suddenly it's, how do we do this delicately? And here's the thing, when people that have a long track record, that have served their country, that have schmoozed and elbowed with all the clowns that crave this power, that need this power, come against them. Go to them and say, you're wrong. And my buddy Mike sits there and says, yep, let's call them all out. Yes. But guess what happens to Mike? Mike is then smeared. Mike then sits at the lunch table by himself. Mike is suddenly under probe to find how bad he did his job or when he said something wrong. When you want to break up a clique, you send infiltrators and you also send flies on walls that watch, listen, learn, and remember because you can't record, right? Some started as young as, you know, teenagers, others as old as couple of them have actually passed. This was well orchestrated to remedy that broken part of the United States. And unfortunately, on the way, we lost a good few persons and patriots that we've had to recruit midway to make this happen. And you're part of that recruitment. Those that are listening now are part of that recruitment. In the hour part of that recruitment no one has control except for the people no one will address this a little bit more in the last half hour and talk about tomorrow Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 
That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Says Show. So continuing on the surveillance, like I've explained, Spygate has been going on for decades. But this specific operation that was initiated in 2012, uh, right after the election of uh, former and hopefully soon to be impeached uh, Barack Hussein Obama, I explained to you how they did it um, through up holding information, but there was also another facet. So you have to understand that there's a clique. It's called the, it's like a group. We have five eyes, nine eyes, and 15 eyes. The five eyes uh, alliance or clique is like the cool group, tightly knit. We all know who they are. I wrote an article about it. Um, with big league politics a while back. It's the United States, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. I've also told you that they have access to all information in regards to surveillance within each other. So New Zealand can spy on the United States, and I've told you how you access that information, and it's not key logged, but video logged. Um, And if you have the authorization, then you're allowed to do so. So when you don't want to be in trouble for this algorithm accidentally capturing and you're not analyzing the information, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's an error. This is what they said, their own words. We've determined that it's an algorithm error. We've determined that uh, it's a, it's, it, there might be some human error in it. We're working on it, judge, trust us. We're gonna, in the meantime, your allies 
are able to take this data that hasn't been purged in 72 hours because you're not analyzing it. Someone that you uh, work with is, and it's like, well, you know, they have access to it. So if it's being held, they're analyzing it too, just like we analyze theirs when it's being held. Are you getting what I'm saying? This why this is why we understand where they were traveling, right? So it was, it was in um, 2010 that the, that the original, uh, UK USA agreement was revealed, but we didn't get the full details in, until Snowden leaked it in 2013. You remember Verizon? You remember? Remember? I'm getting to it, right? You're understanding it. Think about it. Okay, um, we had Christie, Chris Christie running. We had Cruz, and suddenly we found out all this stuff about his dad being in the CIA that all went away suddenly. And you're thinking, well, how'd they figure that out? He's been in office so many years, no one said about it. It's called a 72 hour. It's called having your friend. It's kind of like when you want to find out if your boyfriend's cheating on you, you don't go spy on them. You ask a friend, and that friend may ask a friend, part of the nine eyes, to analyze or follow your boyfriend around. Are you getting this? This is how it happens. It's been happening. Other times it was done domestically and no oversight, nothing. 9-11, you know, gave him a blank freaking check. So then we have the nine and 15 eyes. People keep calling them, uh, you know, 14. They're 15. And the 15th nation is the interesting one. So uh, Nine Eyes has the Five Eyes people, right? But it also includes the Netherlands, Norway, France, and Denmark to expand the circle. So they're kind of your backup group. Like, um, say I want to spy on you. I'm going to ask New Zealand to take the accidental upstreams that I've been collecting for years on you to analyze it. But then New Zealand says, well, I don't want to be involved, but because Norway or in this case, France has access to it and they also have a contract with the FBI, I'll kick it over to France and France can analyze it, right? But then France is part of a bigger circle, right? Bigger circle. So it's the nine, you know, countries that we've already stated, but then we include Germany, Belgium, Italy, Spain, Sweden, and the 15th one that nobody talks about, Luxembourg. So then France takes this and says, well, Luxembourg has access to my stuff. And since I have access to the stuff New Zealand gave me and New Zealand has access to the stuff that the United States gives, I'm going to give it to Luxembourg. But Luxembourg uses this company, Security Global. Remember that company that Brennan created that is based in Luxembourg. Jeez, doesn't that make sense? And this is how you remove yourself and think about it. Does that company or those contractors that were analyzing data or those companies within a company, within a company, within a company, do they have clearance to look at such information? Because some of these some of this data that they were collecting were people that were already working in the Senate. 
people that were already part of Congress, people that are considered persons with some kind of clearance and access to information that they may be sharing, which means that your upstream data is collecting information that's being sent from servers of the Senate, Congress, maybe even the Department of Justice, the FBI, or some intelligence community element. And so this goes out that far. It goes from your close-knit group to your secondary group, to your third group, which is a non-eyes company. And you know, there are countries that are part of nine-eyes agreements that we have, you know, with companies where we share information, companies, and I say it companies because it's easier to make sense of it, but they're countries, kind of like South Korea or India or, I don't know, Thailand, or maybe even Sri Lanka. Uh, But, you know, you have to understand that there are tiers, kind of like your medication. There's tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. That's the way it occurs. So let's say that tier one is where they first had access to this illegally held data from all these private citizens and some of them in the Senate and Congress and FBI and intelligence community and those that are retired or so covertly placed that they don't even know they exist. Maybe they exist in some file that is encrypted, that is a level four box, you know, where we keep our special phones. Maybe they'll find them. Because they scrub them. So then it goes up to, you know, tier three people that are really analyzing it that kick it off to tier four, where it's considered some form of exceptional cooperation between the nations. This is how they did it. (laughs) And then you have people saying, well, it's ridiculous that it's a globalist community. Well, they're all linked. They all have these agreements between themselves, kind of like sing int right? Signal intelligence agreements, right? (laughs) What you don't see is that this was, this has been going on for a while. It's just that now it has been determined the reason as to why we have these cooperations and how they operate. It is to maintain control, to maintain power and continue on the course they wish to take the world into. It's not just about our nation. The nation, the United States of America, was the one that spearheaded this. You know, a lot of people say GCHQ intercepted communications with Trump. Guys, yes, maybe they did. But... The bottom line is it's the upstream, the 72-hour upstream that is being held that they have access to, not just England, but we have to focus on New Zealand. Look at where all the clowns went to. You know, why would they go to India? Why are they said, why did Nancy Pelosi feel like she had to stop off at Belgium? Why are they all going to Germany? Why, 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 why? Because these are second and third tier partners that have been analyzing information because why? Because they have access to the other person that has access. Tier three has access to tier two. Tier two has access to tier one and it goes on and on. Guys, this spy gate 
had been going on for so long, but so many people that served in some capacity our nation knew this. They followed the breadcrumbs and they took it back to the witch's lair. That is where it went to, the witch's lair. And, you know, how how long do we have to wait to understand just how deeply connected this is? Think about it. Just how deep into it it is and how deep the gut is because we are gutting it. The executive orders that the president has written over the past two years are gutting it. The president has put everyone on notice. Everyone. I don't think people understand the severity of how important it is. Because when you have a tier four organization analyzing information that shouldn't have been in their hands in the first place, shouldn't have even been in a tier one hands at all. This is corruption to the nth degree. This is just how far deep it is. And, you know, I've been saying it. 2019 circul- is, is going around on the economics We're lagging behind, one would say, on the results of gutting the swamp. And here's how you know the swamp is recruiting too. Remember how I told you uh, that in your feed, if you're one of those persons they target, you will see advertisement asking you to join the federal government in some form of capacity because they're hiring like crazy. Well, so is the deep state. So is this fourth unelected branch. And what do we know about how they operate? They require insurance. So when we have people in the highest positions, either they be officers of the military, uh, civilian officers, senior executive officers, State Department employees, they all have to undergo some form of insurance. Well, so that you understand and you pay attention, we had a captain of the U.S. Air Force. He's a professor of the Air Force Academy out in Colorado Springs. He was arrested on a Class 4 felony with the intent to lure a child through the Internet. The reason... This has been done is for insurance. You have to understand this. This man was an intelligence officer himself. Uh, he is. He was an instructor for air battle managing, and now he is the one that was teaching ethics. Ethics. And he was arrested for this. A man that they could have found such information before, but didn't. Why? Because you're going to see a lot of people fall into the trap of these insurance policies to ensure that they're safe. This is how they're being recruited by the deep state. They're offered tasks that they must complete to show that they are one of them. And those... Just so you know, 
that don't wish to be part of any secret society or clique. They, you, me. They ensure that they have tainted you with the manufactured information they need to keep you in check. To make sure you never go public because no one's going to believe that that's not true. No one's going to believe that that's not true. But in essence, you know, people that are smart enough to avoid insurance policies are also smart enough to gather enough information to make sure that they have a fighting chance when they're up against Goliath of the society, just so you know. And so this man, obviously, was not smart enough. He was wooed and swayed, you know. Promotions come around this time. Uh, you know, uh, actually, they, they get issued at the beginning of the year, right? Uh, you find out about March when you get promoted and if you get promoted. And one little thing of you going against the government, against the secret society, against the fourth unelected branch will not allow you for promotion. This is how it works. Though your compliance will put you on the fast track. Someone that goes from first lieutenant to captain in 12, 24 months is usually one that has a great insurance policy. That's very unfortunate, but is actually true. Every single person who understands the workings of the fourth unelected branch understands what I am putting out here right now. The president of the United States was not the only person that was spied on. No, as a citizen, he was not the only one, his family, the residents at his buildings, the corporations and businesses within his buildings, other candidates that were Thinking of running Marco Rubio, Cruz, all of them. How did their dirt come out? You think it was just us looking at their dirt? We already knew their dirt. It's the elimination process. So where are we at tomorrow? So finally, Joe Biden puts out that he's running for president. It's really curious, though, considering that the Obama administration is under investigation right now, considering that he was the second in command and besties with Obama, besties with Obama. So obviously he was aware of the operations being conducted. Obviously, he was aware of the contractual agreements that were made, the discussions that were made, the operations of the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA. The Department of Energy, we can keep going, all of them. He knew. He knew what John Kerry was doing. He knew. So he's running, not worried at all that he's going to be part of this indictment. How is he going to run? You know, a lot of people focus on just the sniffing of the hair and touching women and children in a very indecent manner in front of the cameras. It only makes you wonder what he does behind and off camera. But putting that aside, how can some man who was a participant in such a corrupt administration, who participated and allowed such atrocities to justice, 
manipulation of faith that the people have vested into elected officials. How can he run? I mean, right now, um, I just pulled up my Twitter page, and the first thing I see is a promoted ad from Joe Biden that says, I just announced I'm running for president. I need the support of people like you to run a nationwide campaign that reaches every voter. But that doesn't come cheap, and I need your support. I'm reaching out to ask if you can chip in $5 for my campaign. How is Joe Biden running? This is time. I mean, he took time uh, to ensure that he was legally covered. He announced that he's running, so he's hoping that the indictments will remain sealed as to not influence his campaign. This was already done. So it's very interesting as to how this is all going to pan out and why he's doing it. Cause he knows it's inevitable. You can't be the second in command and not know of the crimes that happened. Pence knows, well, not everything anymore, but he knows big things that the president does. So if he was spying on anyone, he would know about it. So Joe Biden running means that he's secured the fact that most of this is going to happen behind closed doors. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So what are we waiting for tomorrow? Now, I know that right after the deadline for Iran sanctions happens, and I said this at the beginning of the month, I'm actually, I was actually hoping that it was going to come this Friday, but one of the first indictments is coming out. And so we have the FBI's indictment, but the indictment is going to be on how they operated uh, in regards to the Hillary Clinton mid-year exam uh, campaign, you know, handling and how they dealt with it. Uh, this is one separate indictment. Uh, this is the more the more clear cut indictment of uh, colluding, um, of obstructing justice, and uh, not executing his duties as FBI director. Um, behind him will fall. Uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, but they're more complicated because they were actually involved in the manufacturing of uh, the dossier. That is a separate matter. That is a separate matter. So a lot of people um, don't seem to understand as to why Comey is going just for that right now. That's because the network of persons that colluded and uh, conspired against the criminal conspiracy, I would say, was extending from the whole Obama administration uh, down through the Department of Justice, FBI, and uh, the intelligence community. Uh, and that also includes a specific member of our Supreme Court. So I am giving you that little hint because that's to come. For now, the first indictment, and I said that already, that we're waiting for is Comey. Um, and that'll be the clear-cut mid-year exam 
uh, not following through, not investigating, not getting this, not getting that. And once uh, those charges have been filed and taken, those charges will then be used uh, to demonstrate that he went to such lengths to uh, cover up for her, for her campaign, that in essence, his contribution to the FISA application and the manufacturing of this dossier and verifying this dossier was based on the fact of his political bias. So first we need that case, and then that case will feed into the next one if you're getting what I'm saying. So tomorrow we're waiting for some huge announcement. I I was thinking that it was going to come out today, to be honest with you, Um, but I don't see it. Yet. I don't see it yet. And it has to do with Border Patrol. And so this hasn't happened as of yet. Um, But it seems that uh, there have been changes already. We see that um, the Attorney General Barr appointed Miss Lombardo as acting uh, deputy director for, uh, you know, ATF. This is a hint of what I'm trying to inch to you about uh, Border Patrol. Uh, This is one step toward it. And um, I also wanted to say that uh, there was also an indictment yesterday for a former State Department employee pleading guilty to conspiring with foreign agents. Uh, A lot of people miss that. I'm actually formulating an article about that. But I've already wrote about her. So I'm going to link it back. Remember, uh, with Big League Politics, I'd written an article about Chinese spies. In there, I talked about Candace Marie Claiborne, who was um, colluding with the Chinese. They're being picked off the grid. Well, uh, she was actually, um, she pled guilty to conspiring with agents. It's on Big League Politics. Um, and uh, I wrote about that last year. Here's where she actually pled guilty. Um, so we should see Agent Lee coming out too. She conspired with um you know, Republic of China agents that were spies. Uh, she misled uh, the Department of uh, the State Department and FBI investigators about her contacts. Um, it was a huge hot mess. And like I've said from the beginning, China is our enemy, not Russia. China is the only one, and they're not aggressively attacking us. They're more on defense. They're waiting for us to collapse ourselves, but they're also collecting information and um, getting counterintelligence on us just to be able to uh, mitigate uh, when the time comes of our collapse. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll have a lot more to talk about. I'll put out the article again about Claiborne. I, uh, like I said, you'll find it on Big League Politics. I'll find the article and retweet it so that you can read it. On that note, I wish everyone a happy and healthy evening. Thank you for tuning in, guys. I'll see you guys tomorrow, uh, same time, same place. And hopefully we'll have exciting news tonight. Maybe it'll be dropped on Hannity tonight where he's being interviewed. We'll see. God bless everyone from everyone at Red State. Thanks for tuning in.